at hell in a cell. Inside hell in a cell. Inside hell in a cell. For the first time ever, we will have a women's match inside the hell in a cell. All right, so this is episode 15 of the fucking Marks podcast. I am Ja Rule. And I am Bobby the Brainless. So, we have a big show tonight, Hell in the Cell, uh, really setting up right now for uh, Survivor Series. This is the last pay-per-view. This is a Raw-only show, and three Cell matches, which is pretty interesting. They've never, I don't think they've ever done that before. I, I hope this doesn't, isn't overkill and hope it doesn't overdo it, but I'm looking forward to the show. I think there's... There's going to be a lot of good action tonight, and I'm interested to see how the different cell matches are put together and how they come off. I'm really excited for the um, the women's Hell in a Cell match because it's for the first time in WWE history that the women are actually going to be competing in the Hell in a Cell match itself for the women's championship as Sasha Banks will be going up against Charlotte Flair tonight. Uh Obviously, with them being in a hell, it'll be kind of hard for Dana Brooke to get involved in the match. So, you, you never know how many times have they ended up outside of the cell, or funny things like that have happened. Oh, of course. I think it's certainly possible something like that could happen. My, my, my. I know it's the PG era, and every once in a while they will allow blood in matches. I think it would be really interesting to see one of the women get busted open. I don't think it'll happen, but. We'll see. Anything's possible in the WWE. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a ballet, so, I mean, they could, you know, accidentally open one of them up the hard way. So, but I, personally, I think that match should go on last. I think it's going to be the match of the night. And th- those women, I think, have earned enough respect. And I, I think because you're, they're kind of in the post-pay-per-view era, this is not really pay-per-views anymore. This is on the network. It's not like they need to reach, you know, 200,000 buys. They have a million and a half buys every month with the network. Right. So I don't think putting the women on last, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe that's a risky move because – you know, the women were not built up as well. And, two, you, you really needed – that's, what I mean, why they relied on Cena so much and for so long. Now they don't really need to do that. And I think, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to put the women on last. And it makes sense because they've done the same thing in NXT. The women have made a vented down in NXT, including uh, women like Charlotte and Sasha Banks have made a vented down there. You know, it's all about the women's revolution. They've been talking about that. They've been kind of like, they've been, you know, just all about that for like the last year plus about the women's revolution and everything. This is their chance to give people the women's division that they deserve as fans of professional wrestling. Um, Obviously, I'm excited for the whole card as well, but this is the one match just because it's such a historic thing that I'm actually excited for it. Um. So when they had Raw this week, they kind of obviously, not kind of, they were building specifically for Hell in a Cell. They had uh, some interesting moments. Uh, 
you know, they they had the uh, Mick Foley, which he cut a heck of a promo with uh, Sasha and Charlotte in the ring, helped building up this match. And, you know, in one respect, it was a weird promo where, you know, both of the women were talking about, hey, I can't wait to do this match. And Foley's like, all right, let's sign the match. Oh, wait a second. I need to tell you a story. So you know exactly what's going to go on in this match. But it is much as the storyline to me was not a good, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, hit, hit in the black if you were a pitcher. You know, it was not a perfect execution, but the the passion in, in Mick Foley sold me on this promo uh, and just, I think, added an extra little bit of flair to this this match and to, to this segment. Another thing with the whole Mick Foley being a part of the promo and the fact that he cuts such a great promo is the fact that Foley knows a thing or two about being in a Hell in a Cell match. Well, that was the point of his promo. Yeah. I mean, him being uh, general manager definitely was part of the fact that, you know, obviously he's the one... Well, talking about how he can't walk without right. uh, a limp, how he's in pain every day, this, that, and the other thing. He really brought forward, it's like... Yeah, you saw me fall from that cell, and, you know, a couple days later, he was up and around, you know, no big worries, but years down the road, the scars have, you know, shown. And I just thought it was really interesting that he was doing this with the women's Hell in a Cell competitors, and he didn't say anything to, like, Rollins and Kevin Owens or Roman Reigns and Rusev, who are also be in Hell in a Cell matches tonight. It's like, it is like, it's, is he more concerned about the women being affected by this match? Is, you know, no, I think to, to me, I think this was, he was adding importance to this. Him injecting himself in this because he has been there. He knows what it's like. He was, you know, I think bringing them up a few notches by being out there by talking about it, by promoting it. The other two matches, to me, seem less special. Having Foley give his uh, absolutely unadulterated, honest opinion about what happens going into that cell really brought this to the next level and is why I think it should be the main event because I thought it was, it's been more of a focal point than the, the other two storylines. Oh, I agree with you on that. I I feel like it should be the main event of the pay-per-view tonight. I think ultimately what's going to end up happening is going to be Rollins and Owens. It's going to main event tonight's pay-per-view just because that's just a typical thing that WWE would do. So, I that's that's just my opinion. You know. So, that's 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 all I have to say about about that. So, uh, Raw. Yeah, Raw w- w- uh, was a it was interesting, like, the thing for me with Raw, yeah, they're building for Hell in a Cell, this, that, and the other thing, uh, but they're also trying to build for Survivor Series, and for the first time since he's returned, I saw Paul Heyman swing and miss on a promo. It was, and I don't completely blame Heyman, I just blame the fact that they were in Minneapolis, which is... Brock Lesnar's hometown, and he was trying to get heel heat on Brock, and he couldn't just because the crowd loves that guy. He's a hometown boy, and 
no matter what Heyman said. He, I mean, Brock probably could have murdered somebody in front of the crowd, <laughs> and they still were going to cheer him. I, I, I'm, this is hyperbole. I'm, I'm just kind of taking it a little too far to prove no, the point. I, I think you're right about that. I think it was definitely a promo that Heyman definitely swung and missed on. Like you said, it was in Minnesota where Brock Lesnar's from. You know, you can't cut a heel promo when a guy is in his hometown. It'd be like trying to cut a heel promo with John Cena. And, well, well, okay, that, bad, that's a bad, okay, example. bad example, bad example. Sasha Banks in Boston. Right, if, if they had Sasha Banks try to cut a heel promo in Boston. Or, or Daniel Bryan in Washington. And, I mean, anytime that dude was in Seattle, you ever that crowd was insane for him. Or, or Nikolai Volkov in uh, Russia. Right. Absolutely. So, Heyman had the swing and miss. Again, that was more of the crowd. And it, it almost seemed like uh, Heyman was trying to think on his feet and was trying to come up with something. And I think they were running late with Raw already. And all of a sudden, you just heard Lesnar's music come on. And it seemed like they kind of cut the promo short. I don't know if they killed it specifically because they thought hey, this isn't working, let's just, you know, cut our losses right now. Right. I, I think Heyman may have found his way out of what was going on, but he just did not have enough time to do it because, like, by the end of that segment, it, it was like 10.59, and it's like we still have a triple threat main event to go. And I know these shows sometimes go long, but, you know, if you get – yeah three superstars, the caliber of Rollins, Owens, and Jericho in triple threat match. You can't give them two minutes. No. No. I'm sorry. No. Cap, hashtag cap, cup, Captain Cupcake. Talk much? <laughs> Happy Sunday morning, everybody. So, it, it seemed like they cut Heyman off a little early. He's a smart guy. He probably would have found his way out, but, well... It is what it is, and they have several more weeks to build this match where it's not in Minneapolis, and I'm sure Heyman will do phenomenal as he does 99.99% of the time. Yeah, and there's a reason why Paul Heyman is one of the best in the business of what he does, especially as a manager or advocate for his superstars. And I do agree with the, you saying he would have gotten himself out of it if he really needed to. Because if anybody can get himself out of a predicament like that, it's Paul Heyman. Absolutely. He's like a used car salesman. He, he Hey, this car has 500,000 miles, but it was driven exclusively on the highway, and it's only 20 years old. And, like, he'd find a way to, like, sell you that car with 500,000 miles. It'd probably be to Al Bundy, but... It's the Batmobile. Well, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. That's a lot of miles, but you know what? It's the Batmobile. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, little swing and miss there, but they'll end up making up for it, and I'm sure uh, this coming up Monday, uh, the Goldberg is going to be in our home state at the Hartford Civic Center, the mall, the XL Center, whatever you want to call it now. And the house that failures were were born in? Absolutely. My my boys, the Hartford Whalers. Failures. Are awesome. Uh, by the way, uh, your cousin says to get rid of that hat. Speaking of uh, hockey and failures. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Right there. I'm, right I'm there. Sorry. I'm sorry. See? Get rid of that hat, Bobby. No. So. I'm sorry. I'm representing a, a real hockey team here, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm to be honest, I'm just not having a good hair day, so I, I'm putting the hat on. All right, so uh, another interesting thing that they had with uh, Raw is they had Enzo and Big Cass come out, and it seemed a little weird because they had them, Enzo and Cass didn't do their shtick. They were, like, already in the ring, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I remember both you and I are like, what's going on here? And next thing you know, Anderson and Gallows come out to stop them from doing their thing. Shtick. Right. And one thing that, honestly, I thought this bit was incredible. I want to say for me, this might be my, this is my markout moment of the week, is Enzo Amore, without saying a damn word, got the whole crowd to sing along and do, you know, the Enzo and cast shtick without having a microphone. It was awesome. This might be a new record. This might be the earliest inside our podcast that we've gone where somebody did their markout moment of the week. Well, last week we both uh, did Goldberg returning, so... Because that was just a glorious mark moment for any wrestling fan. Absolutely. But... I just thought it was a really cool, awesome moment. If it would, if I were Enzo or or a cast, I would, I'd be like, you know what, this is freaking awesome. The crowd, every, it seemed like everybody in that crowd was shouting at the top of their lungs. Every line that they come out and say, every time they come out, and things like that, I think they're just. I know if I was one of those guys, I would be like. Damn. All right. I got all these people behind me. And that's like every week. Everybody is singing what they bring. Oh, hell, I do it too. I'm sitting on the couch or the recliner and, you know, they he, they come out and I'm just like, yeah, you can't teach that as well, you know. So I, I can't say that I would be doing it any differently than they, you know, the fans were doing it. I thought it was an awesome moment too. Really does show how wrestling fans are. Some of the best fans in the world. Absolutely passionate about yeah. what what the people do. And we're not all idiots. And I'll Just tell you, some of it. I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. That is a hell of a freaking markout moment, too. I applaud you for that one. Although, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you this. You have a different one. but Well, of course I have a different one. Because you know why? Because I'm going for, the, I'm going for my own winning streak now. Hey. I've won the last two times that we did a markout moment of the week. And you know what? I'm feeling a little cocky. I'm going to win it again this week. Because you know why? Because if you're not first, you're last. Thanks, Reese Bobby. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. All right, so uh, Enzo and Anderson had a match. Enzo went over. And you can't teach that. Honestly, uh, I feel bad for Anderson and Gallows a little bit. So far, they're the last ones to run into Cena's golden shovel, and to me, they have not recovered from uh, Anderson having a couple matches with Cena and basically getting squashed in two minutes. And it's hard to take the two of them 
seriously as contenders when, I mean, you go out there as a singles and get destroyed. But, you know what, I think they're both talented guys. They'll work their way up, and at some point they are going to be tag team champions. I just, I think the 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 next it team is obviously Enzo and Cass as far as, like, once New Day finishes with their run, which I think will be in the next month or two. Once they going, pass Demolition for the longest reign as tag team champions. Whoever gets the, whatever heel team takes over, it's going to be a short run because Enzo and Cass, I think WrestleMania or Royal Rumble will take I, the I think it's. I think it'll ultimately be at WrestleMania where Enzo and Big Cass win the tag team titles. And it's going to be a tremendous moment. Oh, of course. All right, so uh, we, we had a, a, a Rusev promo, you know, kind of promoting the, his match against Roman Reigns. And honestly, of the the three matches, this is probably, I think this may be the longest running of the three feuds for the Hell in the Cell matches. I'm sorry, Hell in a, a Cell. A Cell, not the, the Cell. I always get, I always mess that up sometimes. Have another sip of beer. I should. Uh <laughs> But honestly, like, I really like this feud. I'm digging it, but uh, they won't go on last because it's the U.S. title as opposed to, you know, the universal title, women's title, which they're trying to build up. Uh, I want to say that this will probably be, to me, I think this is the show starter because, you know, you can't put the three cell matches back to back to back. I think this is going to be the one that starts the show. Last time Reigns was in the cell, he and Bray Wyatt had a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Reigns and Rusev have a pretty damn good chemistry. You know, they're not the best tac- tacticians and best technical wrestlers out there, but they put on good physical matches. I expect nothing less from that. And I think, I think Lana is going to figure out a way to get involved somehow, even though they're in a cell. I don't know how, but I think she'll find her way in there. But I, I thought it was hilarious, though. At the end of Rusev's promo, he just yelled, Crash! And it makes me think that he should be the the spokesperson for Orange Crush Soda. Uh, similar to the Macho Man back in the day with the Slim Jim ads. Everybody right. knows about those. I think Rusev would be tremendous as a spoke per- spokesperson for Orange Crush. Just yell at the beginning and end of an ad, Crash! And then you, you see orange soda just everywhere. So, that that was my stupid like, yeah, they should do that moment and, of and, the week. And they call me the brainless one in this podcast. Absolutely. I know you love that stupid little quip that I had. So look, don't we don't we promote enough of the of the beer? Do we really need to promote crushed soda on this in this podcast as well? You know what we should do? We should promote ourselves. You know, you should watch us on Facebook at the FN Marks, or you should follow us on Twitter at the F underscore N Marks. You can also follow us on Instagram at the FN Marks, which is FN. I'm sorry, at the FN Marks, FN, it, right. L-M-N-O-P, yeah. Uh, the FN Marks on 
Instagram as well. Uh, so we, follow us on all, all those things. So uh, we 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 self promote sometimes. Sometimes. But you know what 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 are you thinking, Reigns Rusev tonight? Oh, we're gonna go right into the predictions tonight, or right now? No, no, no. Uh, uh, like, as oh, far what's as my opinion? As, on, oh, they've well, done an excellent job. Uh, the Roman Reigns Rusev feud has really brought out the best of Roman Reigns. This is the best I've seen of Roman Reigns. This rivalry is actually watchable. How many times can you say that about anything that Roman Reigns has done? You know, it, it, he's had some decent feuds, and he's had some decent like, matches. Like you, you brought up the whole Bray Wyatt thing. That was a great rivalry that he had back a few yeah, a couple oh, of years oh, ago. Yeah, with, with Bray Wyatt. That was a really good rivalry. They had a lot of good matches. Like you said, they had a great Hell in a Cell match. Couldn't agree more with you on that. I think that this rivalry is definitely bringing out the best of Roman Reigns since he lost the title. And I'm actually excited well, for this well, match. Since Rain or Rusev lost the title, because Reigns is well, the I was talking champion. about I was talking about oh, Reigns oh. as the WWE oh, champion. WWE. I apologize. I should have I should have explained that. Um, I'm excited for it. I can't believe I'm actually saying it because Roman Reigns is in the match, but I am excited for the match. They've they've really knocked this rivalry out of the park. It's been going on for a significant amount of time, and they've kept it. You know, since it hasn't been on the front burner, and they haven't kind of overdone it it doesn't feel like this is an old feud that needs to end right now i think they've you know kept it there in kind of public view but without like stuffing it down our throats and i think that's why finally i think reigns is starting to get more cheers and it also i think showcases how awesome rusev as is as a heel yeah because you know for the most part Reigns gets booed pretty roundly uh, around the country, but right. lately, all of a sudden, he's starting to get cheered a bit more. Some of it has to do with, you know, him just being better at being the Roman Reigns character. But Rusev deserves some credit here, too. And obviously, I, I since we're already kind of talking about their buildup, but uh, as far as the match goes, I, I don't see any option where Reigns does not win this match, I would like Rusev to win. But honestly, Reigns, uh, he hasn't had the title very long. He needs to hold on to it a yes, little longer. Yes, because that stopped them from changing titles from one guy to another. That's 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 never happened where they just changed the title after a short run. It's never happened ever in the history of the WWE. It's not like... They've taken well, the intercontinental history because I mean, you know, if I, I, you're I talking recent talk, history, like, they haven't about... been as they haven't been as ridiculous lately. How long have the New Day had tag titles? How long? How long did Zack Ryder hold the intercontinental title? That was a special case where they ended up putting the title on the guy for a day to let him have a moment. How long did the Miz have the title? He had it for about a half year. How long did? Well, you have the longest reigning. What about uh, when Seth, what about Seth Rollins losing the WWE Championship in like two minutes? Again, special, special little things. But you're but you're, you're talking about it. It's you don't see them doing it. I could see them doing something stupid like that because number one, it's the WWE. They've done stupid shit like this before. Who does WWE want to be the face that runs the place? AJ Styles. Who does WWE want? to be the face that runs the place. 
not the gimmick, who do they want to be the face? John Cena. Who do they want to be the next face? Oh, Seth Rollins. Stop. You know they want Roman Reigns. No, it's Seth Rollins. It's Roman Reigns. If it was Roman Reigns, he would be in the universal title picture, not Seth Rollins. Right now, the reason why Reigns is relegated to U.S. title is because he got popped for a wellness violation. He's the guy they want going forward. He's the one who sells more merch and by... Every, whenever they do like these surveys where they poll people to see who do you like, Roman Reigns with women and with children polls higher than everybody except for John Cena. He is the next guy. He's not losing tonight. So they're not going to pull something stupid. So your argument is the guy who sells the most merchandise is the guy that they want to have as the face that runs the place. Absolutely. Why do you think Cena has been the guy for the last? Almost 15 years. So you're telling me right now that James Ellsworth is the face that runs the place? James Ellsworth is uh, flashing the pan. You said it. It's said true. It. It's damn true. But that's just that's just my point. It's not about like the merchandise because right now the hottest selling the, the hottest selling shirt right now in the WWE shop is for the love of God I don't know why it's James Ellsworth. James uh, Ellsworth does not have the the look and does not have the long term credibility that a guy like Reigns he doesn't will have, have a chin. That that's what that was why one of the the rarities, David Otunga yelling out no chin music during a commentary like a week and a half ago. Fuck Otunga. Hey, you, you know what? That was one of the funniest things the dude ever said. One of the funniest things. No, the one funny thing Otunga has ever said. The dude's still terrible. He should be fired. Hashtag fire Otunga. But, so, there's no way Rusev walks out the champion. No way, Jose? You didn't really give a prediction. You were kind of waffling there. Oh, you want me to give a prediction? Give a prediction. Okay, um... You're going to fucking love this one. I'm going with Roman Reigns. Just because they've done it before, okay, in my defense. Just well, because they they've done, done it before. They've done a lot of stupid things in, in this world. And, and we don't they, know they, if, they came uh, up. They came up with a dentist with horrible teeth as a good gimmick. They've done stupid shit before. Well, with this, I mean, sometimes you end up with these weird things. Like, I think a uh, few, several months ago... Sasha Banks, I think, was scheduled to have a long title run. She ended up injured, so they weren't sure how serious it was, so they took the title off of her. We don't know. If if one, if Reigns goes into the pay-per-view tonight, and we don't know if he's injured. We don't know if maybe he's been popped for another wellness violation. Something like that, obviously. you know, Then we'll take the title off him. But outside of that zero shot that he loses tonight, Fair enough. I, I agree with you. I think Roman Reigns ends up taking the U.S. title back. Not really no, taking no, it no, back, but retains. retaining. That's what I meant. He retains the title tonight. Sure. Um, it's hard to argue that. So, one thing uh, that WWE does on occasion that just frickin' irks me. They had Sheamus and Cesaro go against the New Day on Raw. 
And we now have that match on Hell in a Cell tonight. Why did they give this match away on free TV only for us to see it again in six days? You know, they had Sheamus and Cesaro go over, which, you know, again, goes against, like, they're the fucking champions. They shouldn't lose. They could have had Sheamus and Cesaro go against any other tag team to, quote-unquote, build momentum going into this match, but they had them beat the champions, which they're going against these guys in a title match. Well, why wasn't Monday's match on Raw a title match? Why? I mean, obviously, WWE wants them to beat Demolition's record, but, you know, they were going against somebody who has a title shot, on tonight, titles don't change hands. Freaking stupid. I, I hate when they do this. I'm I'm sure that this makes some sense in some way where they're like, well, we're going to do this to make them look strong, and we're going to make people believe that they have a chance of winning. They're not winning tonight because we all know that how the petty WWE wants to Bury demolition because they have them in a lawsuit right now. It's stupid. Dumb, dumb fucking booking. I should just make a recording. I think that's what I'm going to do, starting with episode 16 of the FN Marks podcast next week. I'm just going to make a recording, and it's always going to be, and it's just going to say, Shouldn't be surprised. WWE has done dumb shit. Insert whatever fucking scenario. You know, take the title away from somebody sh in short term. Uh, horrible gimmicks. Or even, you know, the the stupid booking that they do with Raw where they give you a free match on Raw when they're going to have it on the pay-per-view. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I The whole New Day versus Cesaro and Sheamus on Raw really made zero sense this week. It really did. You know, the whole thing, like, if they did, like, Cesaro versus Kofi like they did, and they did Sheamus versus Biggie, which they did, if they had done stuff like that, yeah, that makes sense. Don't don't give me the match itself six days before the pay-per-view. Because, uh, if I'm remembering correct, it was Biggie and Kofi, who I'm expecting it's going to be Biggie and Kofi tonight. They're not going, I don't think they're going to go with Xavier and Biggie, or Xavier and Kofi tonight. To me, the, the, the strongest... You know, team is Kofi and Big E, and they beat that team. Right. So, just stupid, stupid. Stupid, stupid. idiots! Exactly. Speaking of stupid idiots, I want to I wanted to bring well, up one the, of, best, the best part about Monday Night Raw this week. Absolutely, it, and it was a storyline throughout the entire show, or it, most of the show. A good portion of it. Was somebody stole Chris Jericho's the list, the list of Jericho, and he was actually threatening to not wrestle in the triple threat match, and he was planning on sitting there until he got his list back. He started accusing people of stealing it. You know, Kevin Owens, aka Captain Cupcake, came out. Hashtag hashtag Captain Cupcake came out. I'd love to say at whatever the hell his Twitter handle is, but I'm not allowed to anymore. Thank you, Captain Cupcake, and yeah. fucker. And, you know, and Stephanie McMahon came out, 
And then Seth Rollins' music hits, and he's got you know his arm behind he had his the, back. He had the list. He had the list. And he's telling people, like, all the people who are on the list of Jericho, telling Kevin Owens he's on the list, and telling Stephanie McMahon she's on the list. And Jericho's trying to, like, deny it and everything. And by God, why am I not on the freaking list of Jericho? I should be on the list of Jericho. You should we, be on the list of Jericho. We should be on the list We of... should be on the list of Jericho. It should say, Bobby the Brainless, for being brainless, and Ja Rule, because he's associated with Bobby the Brainless. Right. But this was just... Sometimes uh, WWE does comedy badly, and that's usually with the guys who are not as seasoned with Jericho. The guy knows what he's doing. He knows what the audience likes. Jericho, again, knocking things out of the park. This has been, I, I would say, probably his second best run. Like His heel run in like 2008 was fantastic. He and HPK had a incredible feud that went on for like several months. Isn't that where uh, Chris Jericho threw Shawn Michaels into the Jeritron 3000? Yes, more or less uh, that was supposed to be a a new generation version of the barbershop. So instead right. of sending him through the barbershop window, he he cut him open. And for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with that, it was that segment specifically that led to the PG era. When Michaels got cut open so badly and bled like crazy all over the TV screen, that was when Vince McMahon kind of put down the edict. I know that his wife running for Senate in Connecticut had something to do with it, but Vince was also trying to lure, you know, certain sponsors. Like, uh, I think it was like Pepsi and, and uh, uh, what you call it, uh, whoever they sell toys with. They were trying to lure corporate sponsors. Mattel. I think it's Mattel, isn't it? I think it was a specific store. Mm. I don't think it was Walmart, but it was somebody Boys like Ross, that. Maybe. I think it was one of those. But he was trying to get corporate sponsorships, and there were a couple of corporate sponsors that after they saw that segment, they're like, eh, I don't know about this. We're not going to do this. So after that, Vince is like, no blood. So... That's why you've rarely seen blood on WWE TV. Uh, lately, I think they've, I, I wouldn't say they've relaxed the policy a lot, but they've relaxed it a little bit where, you it know. It happens. It, it happens sometimes, you know, guys get cut open the hard way. You see Brock Lesnar purposely, like, planting his head. Well, he did that at SummerSlam, but, like, for a couple of, uh, when he went against Reigns, it, uh, WrestleMania a couple of years ago, he specifically headbutted the post. He put his own head into the post to bust himself open the hard way, which uh, I give the dude a lot of props. As much as he does not, I'm not going to say he dislikes wrestling, but like as much as he didn't grow up as a fan, and he, he, more or less he's in it for the paycheck and he works part time, and that's he. He understands the theatrics, he understands the show, and he knows that blood, you know, adds a little bit to the match, and I, I appreciate the fact that the dude has no problem ramming his head into a fucking steel post just to, you know, give us a little more. I'd love for somebody to tell Brock Lesnar he couldn't do that. I really would. I think Vince would tell him that, but... Uh, he, he would probably come back with one less limb. I, I think... Uh, Vince would tell him that, and I think Chris Jericho 
would if he was uh, heading up WWE, because Jericho, obviously, that dude, one of the reasons why I love him is, you know, you see him on TV and he's awesome, but you hear about the backstage stories of if there's something he believes in, uh, he doesn't give a shit who he's talking to. I mean, he got into a, a fight with Goldberg backstage, and Jericho is like 70 pounds less than Goldberg, and by all accounts, Jericho kind of handled Goldberg. Now, Jericho in his, like one of his books talks about that and specifically says, look, I was scared to death of Goldberg. I know that he would kick my ass. I got him into a front face lock and just refused to let go. You know, when that stuff happened at SummerSlam with Orton, Jericho didn't like it and went right up to Lesnar and, like, he did not back down. He would obviously get his ass kicked because Lesnar is... An animal. He's an animal, and he is one of the most well-trained uh, mixed martial artists in the world and could beat Jericho senseless, but the dude does not give a fuck. And that's what I love about, you know, his on-air... I love his on-air character, but I love the fact that he doesn't care if he would get his ass kicked. He stands up for what he thinks is right. And one thing I'd like to add about Brock Lesnar, since you brought it up, and since tomorrow is Halloween, I wanted to bring this up anyway. All right. Um, Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, is the most dangerous human being for me. Just because he's an animal, he's a beast, like you said with the mixed martial arts and the fact he's got the the amateur wrestling background and everything, and he's fucking crazy enough to ram, ram his head into a fucking ring post. Yeah, and if, he's done that a couple of times. If I was walking down a dark alley at night, and one way there's Freddy Krueger and Jason and Michael Myers, and then the other way the boogeyman is, is, is fucking is Brock Lesnar. I'm taking my chance with freaking Michael Myers, Jason, and Freddy because I think that I would have a better chance against them than I would against Brock Lesnar. Well, I, I think the thing that gives you uh, a shot against those other ones, I think you could probably outrun them, where Brock Lesnar is just a freakish athlete that can catch you. Party's over, Grandpa. Exactly. One of the greatest lines ever. Part of one of the greatest Raws ever, too. Yep. So, uh, speaking of Halloween, uh, as a kid, uh, I, I'm just throwing out this out there, ADHD moment. Uh, well, we're good. We're, you know we're notorious for that, Jay. Well, I used to love the Halloween Havoc pay-per-views that WCW had. I wish that WWE, like, it seems like, you know, the last several years... Well, it's October. We got to do Hell in a Cell. I would love them to bring the Halloween Havoc name back. Mm. If they had a Hell in a Cell match at Halloween Havoc, that would be fantastic. But you know what? As a kid, the match I always marked out about with Halloween Havoc, 1989 Halloween Havoc, they had a thing, uh, the Thunderdome, where it was uh, the Great Muda and Terry Funk against Ric Flair and Sting. I remember that match. And they they had an electrified cage where at the top, you know, like before the match, they had a little theatrics where they, like, showed off the uh, 
electrified aspects of it. <laughs> this is one of those like crazy moments where you just when stuff's live, it's unpredictable. When they did that, they had all sorts of like props on the cage. One of the props ended up lighting on fire. <laughs> and thankfully, Great Muda at the time was known for having the green mist. Muda ends up climbing to the top of the cage and ends up using the green mist to put out the fire. He was a fucking fire extinguisher. It was freaking awesome. So couple of it was last night actually when I got back from uh, my, my little Halloween soiree I put on Halloween Havoc 89 and I just that was an awesome match it was uh, each what what ended up happening with that match there was no pinfalls uh, it was each team had a guy who was their kind of designated proxy both of them would have like a, a white flag and they had to throw the white flag in to kind of give up for their team you had gary hart who was uh managing muda and funk at the time no relation to brett right but he was the one who was uh, they called them the designated terminator like each guy for each team so gary hart was for one team and Ole anderson was for the flair and sting team no relation to arn well uh Storyline-wise, they said they were brothers. They're not brothers. But, I gotta, so... I gotta live the gimmick. Absolutely. So, they had a, a really solid match. A lot of cool little gimmicky things going on. It was weird because it's like a no-holds-barred match in a cage. And honestly, I think the Thunderdome was kind of the precursor to Hell in the Cell. Welcome to the Thunderdome. But, like, honestly, if you look, if you're not familiar with the match, go on the network, check out this match. It r really looks a lot like Hell in the Cell, except for they had these designated terminators kind of, like, above the ring, and, you know, so they could drop their white flag and what have you. But, really cool match. They, like, used some of the stuff in the ring, so, like, I think there was a part where Sting is, like, sitting there, has, like, a rope, and is, like, swinging and kicking the dude. Uh, I don't remember if it was Muda or Funk, but he's, like, kicking them, like, and swinging back and forth. And, like, you know what? It's a freaking kid. I, I was, like, I remember being on my tire swing. That was, like, the greatest thing ever. And that, But, like, seeing, like, a dude, like, swinging across and kicking the dude, I'm, like, freaking awesome. You know? All those little things together, awesome moment as a kid. I still love watching that match now. And if you get a chance, definitely check it out. 18, uh, 1989 Halloween Havoc. Uh, and they actually had a special guest referee for that match. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Bruno San Martino. He had had a bad relationship with Vince McMahon at that time and decided he was going to jump ship and show up in WCW. Really cool match. Lot, lots of little cool stuff going on with it. So, And just like Jay said, you could watch the 1989 Halloween Havoc with the match of Terry Funk and the Great Muda versus Ric Flair and Sting on the WWE Network, if you have the WWE Network. But 
if you don't have the WWE Network, you can get it for just nine ninety nine a month. And you know, to to go a little bit on, and I, I know I'm gonna have my ADHD moment because you know what, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> Obviously, tomorrow's Halloween. We're talking about wrestling and Halloween. Um, I gotta ask, for Halloween, have you did you ever dress up like a professional wrestler? I don't think I have. That's a shame. It is, because there's been a couple of professional wrestlers that I w- really would have loved to portray. I would have loved to be the ultimate warrior back in the day. I was about to say, you, you, didn't, you didn't dress up like Adrian Adonis? No. You didn't You didn't dress up like Brutus Beefcake? No. You didn't dress up like Duke the Dumpster Drossy? No. Oh, but that's a fantastic costume. I wish I had actually thought of that, believe it or not. I know, I know you. I, can, I know I you can believe it, but I don't. Th- you know, I don't think a lot of people out there would actually believe that I would. You know, I would love to have been Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Uh Personally, if I were to be a superstar now, superstar, I would be the Undertaker because it fits perfectly into the Halloween theme. Because uh, I think being crow sting would just take too much time to paint my face. I'm I'm into having a cool costume that doesn't take a lot of my time. I know that's lazy and that's mm. terrible. You know, I I don't know I don't know if there's actually somebody in the WWE that I could see myself, you know, now dressing up for on Halloween or anything. I just I I, I can't. I well, can't I mean, I've seen you dress up as Kevin Owens a few times. I've never dressed up like Kevin Owens. Look, just because I walk around. With a freaking sleeveless shirt on does not mean I'm dressing up like Kevin Owens. It just so happens that I have a beard and I'm kind of chunky. And if and in the in the wrong light, I look like the fucking Captain Cupcake himself. And don't you ever fucking say that about me about Kevin Owens, okay? Don't you your fucking boy. dare! Don't you fucking dare I'm say not, that about you know Kevin he's not Owens. Your boy, he's, he's our boy. He's not my fucking boy. He's not my boy. The second he fucking hit block on his fucking Twitter account. All right, he used to be my boy. He used to be one of the guys I used to like to watch. He used to be one of those guys. I'm like, you know, I hope Kevin Owens has a great success, successful run. You know, fuck him. I hope he ends up in fucking TNA right before they go bankrupt too. He he needs to get fired in like the next two days. Anyway, yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, speaking uh, uh, of Kevin Owens, all right. So we had that triple threat match at the end of Raw. Speaking of kind of having these guys go against each other. Before their match, I know Jericho was infused in this match and what have you to add a little bit different layer to selling, you know, their match coming up. I just don't like how much you saw Rollins and Owens in the ring together. The match was fine. I mean, all these guys really did their job. Hold on. Where's that that recording? Where where is it? Where is that recording? I don't have that recording. Where is it? I don't know dumb shit the WWE does. I, I don't know where it is. I, I, is it on my phone? Maybe it's not on my phone. No, it's not on my phone. Is it on my iPad? No, I don't think it's on my iPad. No, nope, no, it's not there. Maybe maybe Dustin Pedroia has it, or maybe John Cena has it. No, I don't think they have it either. Oh, wait, that's right. I didn't come up with that recording yet, because even though this is the third time I'm going to bring it up, dumb shit the WWE has done. Honestly, uh, when Jericho comes back, 
you know, every time he comes back, I think he has, uh, he literally, I think he has a list. He has a list of people that he wants to work with. I think he wanted to work with Owens. He wanted to work with Rollins. And the original idea, I think they wanted to have a triple threat Hell in the Cell match. And I think they saw storyline-wise they could probably do more by having Jericho in a different feud to elevate somebody else. So they did away with that, and they're like, well, we're going to still give you the match, Chris, but it's going to be on Raw. As, as much as I don't like that they did this match, I think it's specifically because Jericho probably requested it. I love Jericho, but I just what, I, this was, you know, fulfilling his uh, you know, bucket list of people he wants to perform with. Eh. I could have done without this. Uh, as far as a build-up, I have no problem with them doing the match. I just don't wish it was part of the build-up the week of the show. I couldn't agree more. I I, I, I didn't like the way that they did that with uh, how they had Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens be the focal point of the match when arguably the best wrestler in the match is Chris Jericho. His run's going to be coming to an end very shortly. I know that Fozzie's going to be touring sometime in 2017. They're recording a new album in 2017. I'm going to cry when Chris Jericho is no longer part of Raw. I really do hope he's part he's of WrestleMania. He's the best part of it. He, he really is the best part of it. Him and him and Braun Strowman are the two best parts of Monday Night Raw. And Enzo and Big Cass. Okay, maybe Raw isn't as shitty as I, I make it out well, to be. Well, I mean, uh, it's just part it's, of the it's, problem three, it's three, three hours, hours long. And it's not even just three hours long. It's three hours and 11 minutes. It's three hours and 26 minutes. It's three hours and nine minutes. It's three hours and three minutes. It's like, no! It, as much as you and I love wrestling, there's only so much you could take. I mean, when you, do about a, when you do a pay-per-view, you know, it's almost nothing but action. So when you have a three-hour show of nothing but action, it doesn't feel like old, tired, boring, stale. But when you have these, you know, long skits that happen that seem like time filler that, as opposed to something that's furthering a storyline. Yeah, like the 20 to 25 minute promos to start off Monday Night Raw. Shit like that. They've done a little bit better about not having those, but they end up doing all these, like, little filler things, and then they end up fucking over the cruiserweights, and they put them in the death hour, the third hour, and they put them at the death time. They're not the main event. They're at, like, 10.15 when nobody's fucking watching, and they give them, like, four or five minutes. You know, I understand when you're trying to build something or or you have something new, WWE has a tendency, well, you got to start at the bottom. Well, you know, you put this new division together, you had a lot of great momentum with the Cruiserweight Classic, everybody fucking loved it, and now that they put this thing on Raw, I, I think Vince has a little bit more of his hands on this thing, and he's kind of fucked over the Cruiserweights, and the Cruiserweights seem much less special than when they started out this division. Uh, I had a conversation last night early this morning with a couple other fucking marks who uh, at some point I think will end up on our podcast. But we were talking specifically about this. When they did the brand split, what they should have done, 
if they were putting the cruiserweights on Raw, they should have put all the women's wrestlers on SmackDown. So each one oh, yeah. had their own, you know, specific thing that was for that show, exclusive for that show. Because, you know, we talked about this last week, yeah. how on Raw, you really have Sasha, Bailey, and Charlotte. And really, it's kind of been the Bailey or, or the Sasha and Charlotte show. I mean, they're, they're trying to do something with Dana Brooke, and I think it's good that they're doing something with Dana Brooke. It's, they're giving her an opportunity. Obviously, she has a match tonight against Bailey yeah. at Hell in a Cell. So that's a step in the right direction. But I like we said last week, it's just... You know, the the depth of the women's division on Raw is not as Well, in the depth of as... the women's division in general, there aren't a lot of right. women who are over because the whole uh, well, women's wrestling movement hasn't been around that long. The only one who has long-term, like, you know, been up on the card is Nikki Bella right now. True. I mean, you got Natty Nightheart, but she... she she hasn't been at the top of the card for a while. She always puts on great matches, but she is not what you would call, you know, a main event level player. But, but I, I wish I, I I wish they would have uh, kind of split up where they had cruiserweights on one show and had the women on another show, but. You know, with the way they have it now, I just wish that they would give the cruiserweights more credibility by getting more eyeballs on the cruiserweights by having it in an earlier hour. It doesn't need to start the show. I mean, WCW back in the day... It could be halfway through the second hour. You know, somewhere where, you know... 9.20, 9.30, 9.40 area of the show. Which and I, instead of five minutes, give them 10 or 15 minutes. Because right. as you saw in the Cruiserweight Classic, you give those guys time even though the audience may not know them very well. Right. You give them 10 or 15 minutes to do their thing. I mean, think of Cedric Alexander. That match that he had on the Cruiserweight Classic, I mean, the Marks know who Cedric Alexander is. But I know who Cedric Alexander is. Right. But you give them that time, and, yeah, you need to develop their character, but you see that how incredible they are and they're kind of a different kind of beast as far as like being uh, professional wrestlers. You know, they brought something a little bit different in the Cruiserweight Classic where now it almost seems like they're trying to turn them into, uh, as Kevin... Uh, Owens? What? No, 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 not Owens. Uh, Kevin Nash used to term them Vanilla midgets. You know, you you kind of coming from one of the worst world heavyweight champions in wrestling history. But he, you know, his point was that you know these are guys that do a lot of flips and a lot of like really cool things. I like seeing the cool stuff they do. I like the fact that Cruiserweight Classic was something a little bit different, and they brought them to Raw, and they've kind of watered down what they were in the Cruiserweight Classic. Again, they kind of took the momentum of the Cruiserweight Classic and what those guys had built up, and more or less, they hit a big, big, big stop sign once they got the Raw. 
see how I would have booked it personally because they're talking about how they want to promote SmackDown Live as the new this is this is the new era of the WWE. We want to we want to make it as big as we can. They want to get the the ratings up for SmackDown and everything. I definitely agree with you that they should have put the women's division on one show Cruiser and the cruiserweights in the other. I would have done it a little bit differently than how the WWE did it. I would have put the women on Raw, and I would have put the cruiserweights on SmackDown. I think that since you're, you're promoting it as the the new era of the WWE, that's an what's new. Yeah, it's an alternative because it's the cruiserweights. And the difference between SmackDown and Raw, other than the fact that SmackDown is actually watchable, is you could have given them something else that would have been more, a lot more watchable than having them be on Raw. Because, like you said, they put them in the freaking third hour of death. And, you know, for people like me, and I can't really vouch for a lot of people out there in this world, but, you know, I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Mondays. It's so, hard so, sometimes, I mean, you know, for, for both of us yeah. to even, you know, you stay know how, up that late. You know how hard it is for me to stay up until 11 o'clock when I have to wake up early to go to work the next day after being up at 4 o'clock? It sucks. Granted, a couple weeks ago, when Goldberg came out, I stayed up. I said, you know what? I don't even care. I'm going to suck it up. I want to see Goldberg come back. Because you know why? Because I'm a fucking Mark. So I wanted to see Goldberg. I mean, I could have stayed up to see Heyman and Lesnar. Obviously, I would want to see one of my favorite wrestlers with Brock Lesnar. And your favorite promo. And and one of my my famous favorite... The... The... No, wait. drink. No, wait. It's got to be your bowl. (laughs) But one of my favorite... God damn advocates. It. Advocates. Paul Heyman, yes. Thank you. Sorry. I, I should probably cut down. Um, but I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Well, oh. what they've been trying to do lately is they've been trying to put, you know, something at the very end of the show so you'll stick around. But if they do so many things in the middle to the end of the show to, you know, all right, you know what? I got shit to do early tomorrow morning, or I've been up really early this morning. Yeah. If they don't put something out there like having a Goldberg or like having a Paul Heyman or Brock Lesnar, or, or no reason to stay up. Or or a Sasha Banks versus Bailey in a bra and panties match. That that would have been ten or fifteen years ago. Although although I don't think my future ex wife Alexa Bliss would appreciate that. No, she would that. Uh, but. Uh, I get what you're saying. It it's tough to stay up for that long and, and do all that stuff uh, for Raw. I just hope with the cruiserweights that you know they don't keep on feeding us this five six minute matches where they don't get to tell a story like they did in the cruiserweight classic. They have three hours. You don't give them five minutes. You could do a hell of a lot more. Hey, hey, hey. They have to give them those five-minute matches for the Cruiserweights because you need Roman Reigns to cut a 20-minute promo at the beginning of Raw. How dare you? How dare you try to take minutes away from Roman Reigns cutting a terrible promo at the beginning of Raw? How dare you? Who do you think you are? You, I'm you a gonna... fucking Mark, yeah, and, and I'm telling them they suck ass. Duh. No shit they suck ass. You're going to pick up on my sarcasm. What? 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 I'm uh, picking up on your sarcasm. I would sure what? hope so because I'm laying it on pretty thick. But. Yes, Tommy Boy references. 
I'm not just a wrestling mark, I'm also a fucking movie mark, by the way. So, with the cruiserweights, uh, now that we brought them up a, uh, a bit, we, we had Rich Swan and Brian, the Brian Kendrick. Sorry. You brought up cruiserweights. And another, like, what-the-fuck moment on Raw, which tells me that the Brian Kendrick is winning this week. Rich Swan, who, talented as hell, and, you know, really great at bringing the audience into the show, beat Brian Kendrick, who is going for the title against TJ Perkins tonight. I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, TJ versus Brian Kendrick like they did a couple of weeks ago right. and had Brian Kendrick win, but like the fact that they had Rich Swan, who is not in the title picture, beat the guy who's the number one contender, like I guess if you're looking a Jay, little bit long term booking wise, Brian Kendrick, I, I I'm gonna say eighty five percent chance he wins tonight. Then you have an opponent for him, he goes against Rich Swan either at Survivor Series. Rich or Swan, the 2016 version of Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Exactly. That's that Rich Swan. Can you handle it? Can you, you handle, handle it? it? Can, Can you handle it? Don't call me. Don't tell me I'm not a fucking Mark. But I, I just hate that they have that the booking style, and you know they cut these matches short. And they have the booking style of, like, well, it's just a bunch of guys right now. I mean, obviously, they have the storyline with Kendrick, which I still don't quite understand. He is 37 years old. Should, and, we, should we rattle off the people that he's younger than? If I don't, well, if, well, if, if you're going, my if, you're th- if you're if you're going where I think you're going, can we just rattle off all the people that Brian Kendrick is younger than? Do it. Brock, Cena, AJ Styles, yep, Sheamus. All these guys are older than Brian Kendrick, but they're acting like this is like his last, his swan song. Yeah. It's his last song and dance. You would, you would have thought that Brian Kendrick was like 135 years old. 135 years old. Oh, oh, by the way, Goldberg, over a decade older than Brian Kendrick. Yeah, but he's not, not a, he's not like a full time. But he's not like. He's but, just coming in for one match type of thing. I think that's a bad example. I, I mean, it just uh, look the guys that we but named in general. Off, it, it, it's just kind of the idea of. Is there anybody else that we're maybe forgetting that might be older? Um, I think that Orton is in the same general. Orton's around. Orton's around my age. I think. And I ain't Orton, telling you guys how old Bobby the Brainless is either. I want to say that Orton is thirty-five or thirty-six right now, so he's not far off from Kendrick. But you know they what? don't. No, cousin Jay. Are you are you are you going on Wikipedia? We have the technology. All right. So, I just don't like the idea that they're making it seem like Brian Kendrick is this broken down old man. It's not like he's sixty years old, sixty five years old in their retirement. He's under forty. Yeah, like you're you're not as good as you used to be, but you're smarter wiser and you could use your experience to beat people but you know they're making it seem like this is the end of the line for brian kendrick yet you have brock lesnar who is i mean they have her as 
Brock Lesnar is a demolisher and more or less is unbeatable. Oh, uh, not that he's a full-time dude, but Undertaker is... The Undertaker is 135 years old. But Undertaker is another guy. You don't hear them talking about how old the Undertaker is and how old uh, uh, and how, like, beyond his prime he is. They still refer to him as the best striker in the business. For the record, the Brian Kendrick, Kendrick, I'm sorry, is... 37 years old. May 29th, 1979. Randall Keith Orton. Randall Keith Orton. 12-time World Heavyweight Champion. I was not far off by saying that he is pretty close to my age. Randall Keith Orton was born on April 1st, 1980. Do you know who else was born in 1980? Other people. Uh, yeah, obviously, other people were born in 1980. But one person in particular who Bobby the Brainless holds near and dear to his heart, who is about two and a half weeks older than Randall Keith Orton. Kevin Owens? Bite me, Balmani. <laughs> Bobby the Brainless's older sister, Oh, Michelle Not the Brainless was born on March 13th of 1980. So I'm sending a, a shout-out to my sister. I don't know if she's actually watching this podcast. We or could tag her later. later. We could tag her later and everything. Um, yeah, so Randy Orton is the same age as my sister, and he's younger than Brian Kendrick. Not by, not by a ton, but... Not about a, a little less than a year. But, you know... They would have went to I, high school together if they right. were in the same town. But it's one of those things where... The, I don't like the idea that they're making this guy who is middle-aged seem like he's literally facing the firing squad. He's about to die. I just want you to know that I could play the the horrible heel cheap pop moment right now, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'm actually going to be nice today. Hey, the king of the cheap pops, Mick Foley. I love him. Like, that's become a thing with him lately. Oh, yeah, uh, think of ADHD. Uh, Mick Foley, Mick Foley always the loves... King, the king of the cheap pop right he's here in out. Portsmouth, Virginia. Tonight he's going to come out and he's like, and we're going to have a great show tonight in Boston, Massachusetts. And he's going to put the thumbs up and everybody's going to lose their mind. He can't say that in Hartford because not everybody's going to have a good time in Hartford because it's Hartford. And I could say that because I'm from Hartford, and I'm not even proud of the fact that I could say that I'm from Hartford, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Exactly. All right, so um, uh, I, I, I think we pretty much covered Raw as much as we could. Um, I, I don't know if you want to just go right into the predictions. Or, or or does Bobby the Brainless finally get his opportunity to bring up his uh, his markout moment of the week? Well, I mean, since uh, Helen Cell tonight and Raw are absolutely connected, we, we should get through all our predictions, and then we'll go to your markout moment. Why can't I just go to my markout moment? I'm not letting you, because I can. I'm not letting you do it. I'm going to hit you with a flare chop right now. Okay. I can hit you with a flare chop right now? Sure. If you let me hit you with a flare chop right now, I won't even do my markout moment right now. 
I will wait till near the end of the podcast when we got to do all the other shenanigans that we do at the end of the podcast. Because everybody knows how the effing marks. (laughs) He's going to choke me with the... You see this court right here? How dare you? How dare... You want to go there? You really want to go there right now with me? Really? You want to go there? Yeah, we might not have a famous alum. I might be the most famous alum from from my high school in Bristol, Connecticut. But at least our most famous alum isn't doing twenty five to life. You no, want to? You want to? You want to? You want to? You want? You want to go there? Our most famous alum never killed anybody. Our most famous alum isn't doing jail time. Our most famous alum didn't kill somebody and basically yeah. did a horrible job. I'm not killing anybody. Did a horrible job of covering his tracks over what he did. Okay? Taking the picture with the gun, leaving the bubble gum that he bought at the freaking gas station. I'm not even going to get in. I'm not even. No, no, no. You're, not, you're going to get into it, but you're not going to get into it. I'm sorry. As a Bristol Central guy, I was trained. Every time I hear it, everybody knows Eastern blows is the the next two words in that in that phrase. I'm going Frank Costanza right now. Serenity now! <laughs> okay, I'm good. All right. God damn it! All right, so I'm just gonna hit you with a flare chop. Let's just let's just ready, right. ready, ready. We're gonna ready for this. Ready? Should I put the microphone down or no? It doesn't matter. I'll... I didn't want to hurt you. I appreciate that. I I, I also didn't want to hurt my hand, so. It's all right. (laughs) All right, so let's Uh, uh, get... You you didn't do it right, though. Right? You. you, Right. You. Thank you. Fuck, man, I don't ask for much. All I want is a goddamn woo. That's what she said. Okay. You know, since we're on the topic of Ric Flair right now, I'm sorry. This is going to be quick, okay? ADHD. That's what she said. Don't care. I have a route in North Carolina Woo! that I drive from, from Virginia to North Carolina twice Woo! a week, sometimes three times a week, depending on, you know, how business is and everything. That's what she said. And I shit you not, it doesn't matter if it's 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, the second I cross the border of Virginia into North Carolina, I woo. I go, woo, every single time. Sure as shit. Like, the day is is bright right now. I do that shit. Because you know why? And why do I do it, Jay? Because you're a fucking mark. Thank you. Let's get into these fucking predictions, shall we? I mean, we talked a little bit about some of this stuff. I mean, we've already we've already did our predictions for Roman Reigns and Rusev. We both uh, agreed we with not. Roman Reigns. We didn't predict the uh, title match. The the don't you want to save Universal. that? Don't you want to save those? Well, for last? we'll save let's, that let's, for last. We'll all right, let's kick off with the well kick kickoff off. show match. Bam! All right, so in the kickoff show, it will be the team of Sin Cara, the worst uh, international signing in the history of the WWE, and that says a lot because the Great Khali was also an international signing. By the way, Triple H was the one that signed Sin Cara. Teaming You're up welcome. with, teaming up with Lince Dorado, who we oh. saw at NXT Norfolk, and I'm going to keep bringing that up until I'm tired of talking about it, which is going to probably be about six to nine months from now. And my boy Cedric Alexander, going up the, against the team of Tony Nice, Drew Golak, 
Tony Nese, by the way, is Minnie Sandow. And Aria Davari. Name might, the name might sound familiar to a lot of people. Davari. Don't get him confused with his older brother, who was actually part of the WWE a few years back. Ruthless Aggression Era. Just yeah. as talented as his brother, which doesn't say much. Uh, I, I'm excited for this match because I think being on the kickoff now, the kickoff show is an hour long. They tend to give these guys and they don't have plenty of time, and they don't have terrible matches either on the kickoff show. No, the honestly, I think the kickoff matches there is no stress on these guys. They go out there and do their thing. You know, as much as I've, I've been harping on with Raw, they don't give the cruiserweights enough time. This match, you know, it's a six-man tag. They're going to give these guys the time. I think they're going to do their thing. Tony Nese, to me, has been the standout in the cruiserweight division as far as a performer. As far as a character, obviously they've given the most time to, like, Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins. But if you're talking about... What the guys do, what the time they have on TV. I love Cedric Alexander, but I think Tony Nese really has been the standout. Not only does he look like uh, Mini Sandow, but he also looks like he should be part of the cast of 300. Would you agree if I said that Drew Gulak... I'm sorry, if... I have another swig, Fix but probably be the brainless... Would you say that Tony Nese and Cedric Alexander have been the two guys that have stood out the most that weren't part of the Brian Kendrick, TJ Perkins storyline? Absolutely. I, I would say, honestly, one of those two guys... Uh, I mean, Rich Swan is the guy who's going to end up going against Brian Kendrick, I think, after Kendrick wins tonight. But... Those two guys are the guys that I think are next in line as far as, like, going up. I cannot wait to see these guys on the WrestleMania stage. I know pretty early to talk WrestleMania. It's five and a half months oh, away. Oh, it's never too early to talk about WrestleMania. Hell, they've already announced a match for WrestleMania 33, so it's never too early to talk about WrestleMania. But I hope to see these guys in some ridiculous match on Wrestlemania where they're really allowed to show their stuff where it's not watered down by Raw and Vince McMahon telling them well you can't do this and you can't do this I want them to have a whole boatload of time and I want them to be able to tell the story in the ring like they did in the Cruiserweight Classic on the WrestleMania stage. I don't care if it's the kickoff show. I want them to be able to be themselves, and I think, you know, this is a step by having them on the kickoff show for Hell in a Cell tonight. I think this is going to allow them the time to be the storytellers that they were in the Cruiserweight Classic. And I think this is going to be a tremendous opportunity for other guys to stand out. Obviously, I think Alexander and Nice are going to be the ones that stand out the most because Sin Cara's been 
known to the WWE audience for a few years. Uh, Lince Dorado is a hell, of, of, hell of a talent. Hell of a talent and a better Sin Cara, in my opinion. Right. And, a better version, that's what I should Well, say. honestly, I think he's kind of... I, I would say he's more similar to Kalisto, but they put Kalisto on SmackDown, which doesn't... I, think I, I still don't understand why they put Kalisto there since they have the cruiserweight division on Raw. I think at some point we're... Okay. There's going to be a trade at some point. That's number four. That is the fourth time we brought up something during this podcast alone where Dumb. WWE has done something fucking stupid. I wanted to say something before we went into this prediction. Sure. I mean this as the ultimate compliment that I could. You are the Chris Fowler. When it comes to our predictions, you are the Chris Fowler of this podcast. That is an absolute compliment coming from me. Because that's what I feel like. You are Chris Fowler, which makes me Lee Corso. Where's your crazy, like... Does he wear masks or hats? He wears the he wears the headgear. He wears the stupid Buckeye thing or the stupid USC thing or all the other stupid teams that aren't Notre Dame, right? You know, so the uh, okay. Glorious. Yeah. So prediction for tonight: Who do you got in the kickoff show? I'm going to say that Cedric Alexander is the one who gets the pin. That team wins. Agreed. I hundred. I actually, with everything you said, I agreed that Cedric Alexander does get the pin for that team as well. I don't see how, it, like you said, I don't see how it's going to benefit Sin Cara. He's just kind of like thrown in there because they really have nothing else for him, and it's either throw him in a match like that or just feed him to Braun Strowman. Well, and uh, one guy who currently they don't technically showcase as part of the cruiserweights that I think it will be in the cruiserweight soon, and with Brian Kendrick being a heel, you need to line up opponents for him. Uh, uh, the Keebler Elf. Neville? Neville is going to be, I think, in the cruiserweight division sooner rather than later. They haven't done anything with him, but right now they've obviously set up for Rich Schwann to go against Kendrick. And after I have he no problem with that, title. by the way. But if you have... Cedric Alexander win tonight, that sets him up down the line to be a guy who competes for the title. And if you bring Neville to the cruiserweight division, that sets up him to be another guy to go against Kendrick for the title. I don't know how long they plan to have Kendrick be the champion, but I don't think they're planning on having him be like a two-month champion. I think he's going to hold the championship. I don't know if I'm going to say till WrestleMania, possibly till WrestleMania, and build up until they get a guy that they want to be the face of the division. Kind of like a Tony Nese or uh, Cedric Alexander, or even somebody who's down in NXT right now fighting in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, like a, a Gargano or a Ciampa or, right. you know, Sean O's favorite wrestler, Tommaso Ciampa. Right now, I think Sean O... Uh, I don't know if Ciampa is his favorite wrestler or uh, a, a, another wrestler who we brought up earlier. You mean a guy with no chin? James Ellsworth. The guy who beat the WWE World Champion twice? And then messed with Dean Ambrose this week? 
You know what? Accidentally. Maybe we should bring back Sean for another episode of the fucking Mox podcast. If he if he's you know if he's available because you know with him being the ring announcer for a lot of BTW shows, BTW W yeah, W I would love to get Sean back on here. I really would. He was very insightful. He was very good when we he had him cool on here. He has cool stories from the road too. Yeah, he has a lot of good stories from the road and everything. So definitely would like to bring our buddy Sean O, who likes to refer to Bobby the Brainless as shit boy. Boom. That's okay. I, I forgive him for that. All right, so I think we're both in agreement that we we, we think Cedric is going to be the one that That's my dude. gets the pin. That's my dude. I love Cedric Alexander. He's, and, my, and he's I, my favorite in the... I, I'm not even going to lie. He's my favorite in the Cruiserweight division. And I want to say that probably Davari ends up eating the pin tonight. Not that that's a big deal, but like... I th- he, uh, it's either going to be him or Drew Gulak. Uh, what? Those are the two. Like, I think Gulak has a bigger upside. I think Davari is fine, but I think Gulak has a little bit... Because I think Gulak, they see him probably as having a little bit more of a future. Maybe they don't pin him tonight. I think Davari, again, fine in the ring, but I think they see a bigger upside with Gulak, so they're going to pin Davari. I think. Here's here's my thing. I'm definitely I'm going with Cedric Alexander's team with Lince Dorada and Sin Cara, just because I just, obviously I'm a fucking mark, so I'm going with Cedric Alexander. But if the other team of Nice, Gulak, and Davari were victorious, my my opinion would be that Nice would get the pinfall over Sin Cara. If that's if that's how they're going to book it, if the other sure. team wins, but I'm going to go with Sin Cara, Lince Dorado, and Cedric Alexander. Next match on the docket, we we brought it up. Uh, Bailey is going one on one with Big Big Boobs McGee. Right. I mean Dana Brooke. I'm sorry. What? I, I, I I didn't mean that. What? Big Boobs McGee. What? Big Boobs McGee. All right. anybody anybody get the reference? Cool. Right. So, what do you got? As much as my brain is saying Bailey, I think I'm going to go with Dana Brooke. And when Bailey was making her ascent in NXT, the ascent was kind of a lot based off the fact that she was the underdog and you know she would always get so close to winning but not quite get there and then finally when she won the title that crowd absolutely went ballistic in Brooklyn i'm wondering if they're going to kind of take that model and they're going to put that on her current run on the main roster i think you know, Dana Brooke is going to use some underhanded tactics. I think she's going to win this match, and it's going to further the Bailey storyline of being very good. People love her, but she can't quite win the big one. In case anybody's wondering, it does it does actually say Big Boobs McGee on here, because you know why. Because I'm a fucking mark. People on Facebook. There it is. Yep. Big Boobs McGee. Because you know why? I'm a fucking mark. I agree with you. 
Oh, I'm sorry, I put it on the spot. 100%. 100%, I agree with you on that. I think Dana Brooke does get the victory tonight over Bailey. I would love to say Bailey getting the victory over Dana Brooke, but I also think that they want to help build up this division. You're not going to build up this division by having the same three over and over and over and over again, where it's Charlotte versus Sasha, or Charlotte versus Bailey, or Sasha versus Bailey, which I think we're going to get at WrestleMania since we're going to bring up WrestleMania a little early. Fuck it, I don't care. I think they really need to build up Dana Brooke to help this division on Monday Night Raw. I see Dana Brooke getting the victory over Bailey tonight. Well, and that's a new opponent for Sasha, who I'm right. pretty sure is going to retain tonight. So Agreed. Yeah, she can't face Charlotte for the rest of her life. So does that mean we made our predictions for that match, too? Yep. So you're going with, with Sasha Banks over Charlotte Flair, who just had her Woo! name changed to Charlotte Flair. It used to be just Charlotte. Now it's Charlotte Flair. Don't know why they did it. Makes a lot of sense, though, in my opinion. But it's the WWE, so either they like it or fuck you. And, and one thing we brought up a few minutes ago, the only title change I actually see happening tonight is I think Kendrick beats Perkins tonight. They've kind of set up a couple of people in line to go against him for the cruiserweight title. Again, I hope they give these guys time so they could have a great match that obviously they're perfectly capable of. The cruiserweight classic proves they're capable of uh, having these great matches. The couple matches that they've had uh, on TV, pay-per-view leading up to this, They've been fine, but they did not have some of those special elements that the Cruiserweight Classic allowed them to have. I'm hoping tonight they allow them the time and give them the latitude to kind of do those different little things. So you're going with Brian Kendrick. I'm saying the Brian Kendrick wins. Are we going to differentiate on any of our selections tonight? We might not. Because I agree with you. I think Brian Kendrick does. I'm sorry. I apologize. The. The Brian Kendrick takes it tonight against TJ Perkins. Not that I don't think that TJ Perkins is a good superstar. I think he was a fantastic choice to be the Cruiserweight champion, to to basically help build up and make a name for the Cruiserweight division. He has a great story. Superstar, superstar formerly known as Suicide, by the way. Manic also. Manic as well, but I do see the Brian Kendrick taking the title tonight. And we talked about this again before. New Day, Cesaro, Sheamus. I don't see any way the New Day doesn't walk out champions. I'm not saying that they necessarily win tonight, but they don't lose the titles. It's possible that they do something where uh, Sheamus and Cesaro win by DQ or count out, or maybe there's a double count out. I just don't see a way that these guys lose tonight. The next team that is going to win these titles, uh, if you're talking heels out there, there's there's not a lot of heel teams that I see beating these guys at right. this point. So I don't see... Again, it's not necessarily that they're going to win, but they're not going to lose the titles tonight. 
SummerSlam. I predicted that Chris Jericho and Captain Cupcake were going to beat beat Enzo Amore and Big Cass at SummerSlam. Bam. They're making a big deal about them having the longest reign. In the words of Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. I'm telling you right now, Bobby the Brainless's upset special for the weekend here at Hell in a Cell in Boston, Massachusetts. Sheamus and Cesaro walk out with the tag team titles. All right, so how do you, how do you like how do you, hold on hold on hold on how do you like them apples? Thanks, Will Hunting. Damn straight. All right, hey, no, so, no 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 response. No response? Well... No? You don't have any response? You don't have a response of what Bobby yeah. the Brainless did? You don't think that what Bobby the Brainless said was kind of a brainless response? You don't like the fact that Bobby the Brainless gave up with something like that? Oh, you're going to do fine with this, Jay. Just let it go. I think the winner of the tag team title match has a lot to do with this next match. Enzo and Cass against uh, Anderson and Gallows. You need to have the next team in line and it's possible that they have this match where you they they end up at well survivor series they're going to end up having all these teams in one of the survivor series matches I can't wait to do the predictions for survivor series I cannot can wait because they're giving us what we deserve for Survivor Series, Jay. They're giving us Survivor Series matches. I fucking love it. I do. Bam. I fucking love it. I love the Survivor Series based matches. I'm yeah. sorry. I do. I fucking love that shit. You're going to give me the top five Raw super, uh, women versus the Superstars. top five Smack, SmackDown women. You're going to give me the top five Raw tag teams, which is pretty much the entire division, versus SmackDown's top tag teams. Which, which is- by the way. In one of those qualifying matches for for Survivor Series for SmackDown, the fucking headbangers, baby, are Damn. in one of the matches to qualify for this. Coming I hope they Smackdown win. I week. really do hope that they win this week, too. I would love to see them as part of the team after they're going to be joining the team of Zack Ryder and um, the fucking roided up dude. What's his name? Mojo Raleigh. That guy. Yeah, him. So, I... Sorry. As I, much I, as I'm saying that I I think there's going to be kind of a non-finish with the tag title match, I think we end up with the heels going over here. I think Anderson and Gallows, after being kind of treated as jokes for a while, they need a, a win. And I think, again, this is going to be the slow build to WrestleMania where Enzo and Cass finally get their big moment on the big stage. So I think Anderson and Gallows go over here. And some shenanigans will probably happen. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next person who says shenanigans. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? Shenanigans. You mean shenanigans? Sorry, I had to go there. Boom. I agree. I think that Anderson and Gallows end up taking it. I will say this, though. The Enzo Amore Big Cast versus Anderson and Gallows match will be the match of the night. It has the has the potential. 
it has the potential. I think because of the fact that it's not in a Hell in a Cell, it has the potential to be of a normal match. It's definitely going to seal the show. I I do think that ultimately Sasha and uh, yeah Becky, I'll be all right. Sasha and Charlotte Flair are going to steal the show ultimately. And all right, we talked about Reigns and Rusev. How we both think Reigns is going to retain. We talked hey, about hey hey hey. Just a quick question. Is that a Hell in a Cell match, or is it in a Who's Got the Wettest Hair match? Because either way, Roman Reigns is going to take it. I'm just curious if there's like a special stipulation, like Roman Reigns can't wet his hair before the match. Well, I think Roman Reigns has a more flowing mane. I think Rusev's hair is a little stringy. It's got to be the hair cotton. Right. Um, so it's not as wet as Reigns' hair, and that's right. that's definitely exactly why he goes over. I think we brought it up already, Sasha versus Charlotte. Sasha wins just unless, again, there are extenuating circumstances like a, a drug violation or Sasha's injured like SummerSlam. I don't see any way that Sasha doesn't win this match. I'm almost wondering, this is you know, just off the cuff here, what if they're you know, kind of going towards Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania. Do you think they possibly do a double switch here where Sasha becomes heel and Charlotte becomes face? No. All right. I don't. I could see Sasha making a heel turn. I don't see Charlotte making a face turn. I think she's just too damn good as a, as a heel right now. Obviously, it's 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 easy for her to become a heel and stick around as a heel and be one of the top heels, considering who the fuck her father is. If there's anybody, believe me, if there's anybody in WWE I would love to be the child of and become a professional wrestler and follow in their namesake, even though it's kind of hard to fill those boots, it's fucking Ric Flair. I would love Woo! to be a Flair. Because he is the limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, Wheeling, dealing, son of a gun, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Woo! All right, so... There's a lot of freaking... I put a lot of emotion behind that woo, by the way. You did. I felt that one of my lungs, for Christ's sakes. You didn't drop the mic, you broke the mic. Right. So, one match we actually have not made a prediction for, and one thing, if you look at this card... There is one person that is very noticeably not on it. John Cena? He's on SmackDown, so. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, Braun Strowman. Him? He He's not on the card, but if you're talking he, he might somebody be, by the way, that he might could be, be involved with the storyline in the Universal title match. Brock Lesnar? Keep going, Cupcake. Kevin Owens is in the match. Who's his best friend? It's not me. I thought it was Sami Zayn, but what the fuck do I know? Right. Fuck that guy. Fuck Captain Cupcake and all the fucking cupcakes he eats. You know, I hope he chokes on a cupcake. How about that? How about that for fucking Captain Cupcake? I hope fucking Kevin Owens chokes on a cupcake. So, for this final match... Oh, I was actually going to go there because you said you brought up somebody that wasn't part of this pay-per-view, that should have probably been part of this pay-per-view, I do think he's going to ultimately get involved. 
And, and it's weird. I mean, they've been kind of building a little bit of dissension between the two of them. And I'm almost wondering if Jericho ultimately tonight puts Kevin Owens on the list and helps out Rollins tonight. Also, again, this is one of those random things I'm throwing out here. We still have not heard from fucking Triple H about why he did what he did to Rollins. So, I agree. So We haven't heard from Triple H since the whole... Seth Rollins getting pedigreed in the ring and Kevin Owens getting handed the universal title. We which, saw that cameo which, on Raw. Which, with... which, which we talk about the whole night and day situation with my opinion on Kevin Owens where I marked out harder for that than I did in a very long time for anything else. Except maybe like Bubba Ray Dudley coming out during the 2015 Royal Rumble. That was the only time I actually marked out more because my spirit animal came out for that Royal Rumble and everything. Right. But... With that being said, I'm going to make the prediction first. If, 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 if you don't have it, as long as you don't have a problem with me making my prediction first for this Go match. Go for it, man. I would like to fucking make my prediction for this match. Kevin Owens retains. With the help of the GOAT, Chris Jericho. Whether he throws a distraction or what have you. Chris Jericho gets involved in this match tonight. I guarantee, I guarantee that, that Chris Jericho gets involved in some way, shape, or form or capacity in this match. During this pay-per-view on the WWE Network in Boston, Massachusetts, home of John Cena. Fuck John Cena. Home of the only team in Major League Baseball history to come back from a 3 to nothing deficit in a best-of-seven series. In baseball. That's what I said, in baseball history. In baseball. And win the series from the most hated, heelish franchise in baseball. Professional sports history. The Boston Red Sox. Beat the fucking Yankees. The team I love almost as much as I love the Giants. And the Red Wings also. But I had had to throw some cheap pop in there. I think, in my opinion, that Kevin Owens will walk out with the Universal title. And Chris Jericho is going to get the John Stockton assist. And Kevin Owens retaining the championship tonight. At the beginning, uh, or, or early in the, earlier in the podcast, I kind of my, my thought was that the only title that would change hands would be the cruiserweight title. And honestly, in the back of my brain, I'm I'm going back and forth with this match in particular now, like thinking a little bit about it knowing that Jericho is going away shortly, there's a little part of me that thinks Jericho does something to screw Owens. A little bit of me. I don't know how long Jericho is sticking around. If he's sticking around for another two months, they could set up a storyline 
where Jericho goes against Owens for the Universal title. But My, not knowing how long he's going to be around, it's hard for me to know if... Because they have to close up the Jericho storyline, you know, soon. I And again, we don't know how soon, but there's a little part of me that sees a sliver, a sliver that Rollins wins because Jericho screws over Owens. I can see that happening. Somehow, All that being said... Somehow Chris Jericho is getting involved in this match. Absolutely. All that being said, if you... Gun to the head, I'm going to say that Kevin Owens wins tonight, and I don't think they're... Because I don't know if Jericho is going to be around in December. Obviously, they're having Survivor Series uh, at the you know in a few weeks, right? And I think Jericho and Owens will be on the same team. So, can I ask you one question? Sure. Would you be surprised if Seth Rollins walked out with the Universal Title tonight? Not completely. I'm okay. going to say uh, I put Owens winning at like seventy-five percent. Somewhere in that neighborhood. 70, 75. Yeah, I could see. I, I agree with you on that. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we see Rollins walking out, but I don't think Rollins would be uh, a long-term champion. I think, you know, he, he's got some feuds that uh, could boil up, like the Triple H feud could boil up. That could be a contender for him uh, I... at Royal Rumble, because Royal Rumble, they have in a stadium. They need to have some marquee matches, and Triple H is one of those guys who we don't see, at, at this point, a ton on TV. We don't see him wrestle a bunch of matches. He is a special attraction. And the I Golden think... Shoveler? Exactly. I I see them fighting, him and Rollins fighting at WrestleMania. I think... And, and Rollins I think that will is go a over more on. likely thing, but again, I'm thinking of uh, Royal Rumble is in a place that holds like sixty, seventy thousand people. We and would we would ask ask the Astros, but they've never had that many people at their ballpark. Oh my! They're, did what, did Bobby the Brainless the say Alamo that? Dome? The Alamo Al- Dome, right? But uh, uh, that that's me. the only kind of scenario I see where it's possible that Rollins ends up losing tonight or or, uh, I'm sorry Rollins ends up winning tonight where it sets up a match between Owens and Jericho uh, in December and it sets up you know maybe Rollins and Triple H for Royal Rumble but again I'm going to say you know more likely than not in prediction uh, this is not a stone cold Lead pipe lock. Mike Olick and Greenberg. Uh, Kevin Owens. Okay. I agree with you. Wait. Hold on. Whoa. 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 Wait a second there, fella. Does this mean Bobby the Brainless can finally, after sitting here patiently, he can come up with his, his uh, mark out moment of the week? Yeah. Uh, uh, now that we've made our predictions, we talked raw. We talked. Uh, Helen Cell. We forgot about SmackDown because SmackDown was kind of forgettable because the whole Survivor Series is what they're waiting for, and they're just waiting for Raw to finish up and everything. Well, you know, let's be honest. We, we've had a whacked-out week this week, and we just haven't had a ton of time. And, you know, we try to watch all these hey, shows hey, this hey, week. Hey, 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 hey. This week, we no, did not watch. No, 
excuses. We did not watch SmackDown because shit just goes on. I'm going to say in my defense. There's no defense. I blame we James Ellsworth. We, we, we didn't. Can I just, can we, come on, come on. No, 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 no. We have an opportunity to blame somebody for something that they didn't even do. And we can use that as our freaking get out of jail free card. Sure. And you're not going to fucking use it? Let's just blame James Ellsworth. The man with wait, no wait. chin. Let's just blame him. It's, There's it's another like, person we can blame. Barack Obama? Yes. When in doubt, <laughs> blame the president. Just like uh, for several years, it was Bush's fault. Now, I, I, it's Obama's I, I, fault. Whoa, 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 whoa. It was Bush's whoa, fault. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second, fella. Before that, it was Clinton's fault. I never... Before that, I, it was Bush's I, fault. As an American Before citizen, that, it was Reagan's I Before never... Before that, it was Carter's fault. I Before never... Before that, it was Ford's fault. Before that, it was Richard Nixon's fault. Before, Before that, it was Abraham Lincoln's fault. Before yeah, we get that, it, we it get was it, Lyndon yeah. Johnson's fault. First Before of all, that, it was John Kennedy's fault. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah your, your knowledge I'm, I'm of, of U.S. presidents is just... I'm sorry, that is... Hold on, I'm sorry. Bam. I appreciate the golf clap. I I am rather impressed with your knowledge of U.S. presidents. I used to be that good because of the fact that, not because I wanted to learn something in school. It's because of the fact that if I ever came across Bob Backlund, I wanted to name off all the U.S. presidents in order, just so I could get an autograph. And I got said autograph, so suck it, bitches. I never blamed George Bush for anything. Which one? Yes. Yes. I wasn't right. old enough to blame the father anyway, so. But I, bl- I blame James Ellsworth for us not watching SmackDown this week. Okay. Just because I need a scapegoat. That's how it works. That's Just how like Bobby the, the Brainless works. I live the gimmick better than anybody else when it comes to podcasts. Except for, oh, I was going to say, except for Bugsby, but. Fuck your cat. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say is fuck your cat. You know what? And you know, I, I bet you your, your wife is watching right now. I know she's watching right now because she's been very... She's been chirping in. She's been she's been very... What's the word I'm looking for? Not chirping. I don't know, but she's been very... Against it's that Bristol you're... Eastern education that I have is the reason why I'm having a hard time. That and you have to break through the walls of malted hops and bong resin to actually get to my brain and work Hello? from... Hello? Hello? Is anybody in there? Think brainless. I she has time been, to she's been time. contributing to this podcast with comments and everything, so I know on she's live watching Facebook. on Facebook Live. Woo! Your cat definitely lives the gimmick. Do you know why your cat lives the gimmick? He's an asshole. He is an asshole. I love him to death. I'm not going to lie. I love Bugsby to death. I can't believe I just fucking said that. But I love Bugsby to death. All right, all right, all right. Maybe that's a little I, extreme. I, know. I, know. I, I, I don't hate Bugsby to death. I, wanna, I don't want him to die. I don't want anybody to die whose name isn't Alex Rodriguez or Kevin Owens. So. Hashtag Captain Cupcake. But fuck it. I know that we just went on an incredible ADHD moment. And you know what? I blame Colt 45 because the five, the got five definitely fucking got me today. This week on NXT, 
was the my was the my announcement favorite. was the announcement of all announcements. They're making a big deal about NXT Takeover in Toronto, about how it's already they've announced it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura, my dude, versus Samoa Joe, the fat Samoan that he is, fighting for the NXT Not Championship. Not related to all the other Samoans. Yes, he's the only Samoan that doesn't fall out of the Rocks family tree when you shake it. Yeah. Also announced this week is going to be Bobby Roode versus Ty Dillinger, which is going to be a glorious 10 match when they fight at NXT TakeOver in Toronto the night before Survivor Series. 10, 10, 10, 10. The crowd's going to be insane for Bobby Roode. That reaction is going to be ridiculous. But also announced last night, or I'm sorry, not last night. This on week. Wednesday at NXT, Asuka will be defending the NXT Women's Championship against a opponent that William Regal searched the entire world for to fight against her. And found in our backyard. And found her in our backyard. Not literally our backyard, even though you would... I, would I, you really be surprised if we found her opponent in our backyard, considering it's me? I, I, I think she would be bound and gagged. Would you be yes. more? Su- hold on. Would you be more surprised if she was bound and gagged in our backyard, or if Alexa Bliss was bound and gagged in our backyard? I'd be more surprised if this particular opponent was in our backyard. I, I think Alexa Bliss probably is a notch above. Bobby the Brainless is mark out moment of the week. His female Asuka's spirit a- animal. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I don't even know who my female spirit animal is, by the way, but we'll figure either it way, out. Asuka's opponent at NXT TakeOver in Toronto, which we learned this past Wednesday on NXT, will be none other than former WWE Divas Champion, Mickey James. I'm sorry, I had to do I... a delayed response because, you know, I, love I, gotta, Mickey I, gotta, James. I gotta sell it. I, I do. I mean, it would have been, believe me, it would have been a lot better if it was Trish Stratus, just because it's Trish Stratus. She is the greatest WWE female competitor of all time. One of Bobby the Brainless's personal favorites. If Mickey James is the consolation prize that we get for the fact that we don't get Trish Stratus, that's better than winning a million dollars if you don't win the Powerball. I love Mickey. She was always one of my favorites, uh, you know, for the last. Is it because decade. she never she never was afraid to eat a cheeseburger? Or it looked like she was never afraid to eat a cheeseburger. Is that what it Absolutely. is? Absolutely, because you know they had this thing, you know, back ten ten plus years ago, where everybody had to look like a freaking supermodel. Believe me, I love Maurice. Believe I that. love Kelly Kelly. They they look spectacular, but there was something... They're a hell of a lot of, better looking than Billy Kay, by the way. There was something just more real feeling about seeing Mickey James out there, who literally just looked like, a, you know, I would say a different version of the girl next door, not quite like a, a Bailey girl next door, but she was the girl next door who did not, you know look like a supermodel who really was a good 
wrestler because you didn't have a lot of good wrestlers uh, in the female division, you know, for probably a good solid four or five years. It was just a bunch of good-looking girls who, you know, I'm not going to say their only talent was looking good, but they were not the, the greatest at telling a story in the ring. Mickey could tell the story in the ring. She looked real. She felt real. I mean, one of the better storylines for women's wrestling was her being the obsessed fan with Trish Stratus and having that WrestleMania match with Trish. I mean, until this last WrestleMania, that was the only like women's match where it felt like a big deal. I mean, this past WrestleMania, we had the triple threat match for the title. But Mickey has always been hot. There's that. Uh, but again, she felt like a person that you could know. She was not somebody that... She looked like a normal person. Exactly. And she didn't look like the girl who probably eats like three, you know, saltine crackers and a bottle of water for lunch or maybe like a half of a, of a cantaloupe for dinner or something like that. She looked like she would eat like a, like a cheeseburger and get like supersized fries or... She would get, like, macaroni and cheese with her chicken dinner or whatever it is. Yes, I I, I completely agree with you on that. So I I enjoy that aspect of Mickey, the person, the character, and all that. I'm hoping that this is more than a one-off. I hope this leads to us seeing more of Mickey James. I think kind of the long-term with this is going to be Mickey James is going to be one of the trainers at NXT I want to see her either more on NXT or, you know, maybe she has one more WrestleMania moment in her, in her as much as I hate when they say, oh, this is a WrestleMania moment. I want her to have, you know, one more, you know, time on the big stage to shine the light on. And this definitely could lead to that. But I'm happy that they brought Mickey back. It would have been very cool to bring Trish back. But, you know what, like you said... Goddamn her and getting pregnant. If Mickey James is the consolation prize, no problem with with that. That's almost like going from Babe Ruth to Lou Gehrig. You seriously made a Yankees reference right there. I'm talking about two of the greatest baseball players. That's like going from Ted Williams to Carl Ustremski. Say it right. If you're going to say it, you got to say it right. It's like going from Ted Williams to Carl Eustace. It's like going from Brett. It's like, it's, like, it's like going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Right. There, there, isn't, there isn't a great deal of, of difference. It's preference. And I love Trish, but actually my preference is Mickey. I know that as far as like the crowd goes... Talking similar to what we were talking about before with Lesnar, when you get a person in front of their home crowd, the reaction is just a different level. Right. So the reaction would have been a different level having Trish there, but me it, personally, I prefer Mickey over Trish. Not I by a no, lot, I but no issue with that. So with that being said, we we talked about Raw. We. You know, briefly discussed SmackDown, some some of the stuff, and we talked about NXT. We did our markout moments. 
We made our predictions for Hell in a Cell. Is there anything left to do, Jason? Probably. Is that, is that, is that our list of brainless and jaw rules, list of things that discussed during the podcast? I, I mean, there are a couple of things we didn't talk about, and, and that's fine. We've been rambling on for an awfully long time. Which is typical Cons- with us, because we, uh, if anything, you and I definitely live the gimmick. I don't think we're forgetting anything. What uh, no, do you no, think no. we're forgetting? What do you, no, think you, know, what, forgetting? you know what, Jay? I'm going to let you have it this week. Today, this day in history, October 30th of 2016. Curtis Axel has now been in the 2015 Royal Rumble for 644 days. 644 days. I don't think I've held a job that long. I wonder if he's going to be Bruno Streak uh, for the title. Took her with the Right. And on that note, I'm out of the brainless. And I'm John Rule. Mark out with his wife.